and finish that lesson we had great expectations it is a continuation of the lesson I've been teaching on miracles signs and wonders I shared with you several weeks ago that a miracle is something that can only and only can be explained by a divine intervention or a divine manifestation of God a sign can be something that gives you indication of what God is going to do or what he has the potential to do and then a wonder is something that God does that causes you to say wow now a miracle is something that goes against nature that, that naturally it couldn't happen, so the only way for it to happen is supernaturally. A sign is something that can happen in nature, but, but the occurrence of it has the tone or the indication that a supernatural power has manifested, even though it is a natural sign. A wonder is something also that, yes, it can happen in nature, it can naturally be, but it cannot, but, but how it comes together causes you to say, wow. A wonder or a sign, a sign could be something as you are saying, God, I'm going to believe you to uh, uh, work in my life, and I'm believing you to manifest your power in my life. And then you walk out the door, and when you walked in, you felt low, and when you walk out, just at the moment you walk out, the sun seems to peek out at you, and it kind of, it's a sign. Yes, the sun can come out, but the sign of it happening is an indication to you that God has heard you. A wander is something that, yes, it can happen, that certainly you can, you can go into a situation and you can be uh, the person who uh, is in line. You go in and you're in line and you're at the back of the line and it looks as though time may not be on your side and you may not get to the front of the line in time, but just at the moment where you are realizing, hey, I need to be able to get through this line and get out, a wander can be God supernaturally steps in, intervenes, and puts you in, in the front of the line where you were once in the back of the line. I'll share this as an example. We went into a situation in which I had believed, I said, God, you know, I would love to know what it's like to be in the first class. I saw my first flight that I, I flew on, I noticed that they closed the curtain on the, front, the, 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 uh, the uh, first class, and I wondered what that would be. I said, wonder what it's like to be up there. So we, I, I'm flying, we're getting ready to go, we're, we're in coach, and we're just waiting, standing there talking, and here's what happens. The young lady, if you've ever flown, you know there's a, an attendant that stands there who checks everyone in at, at the gate. The, la the young lady left from behind the gate, came over to where we were, passed everyone else and asked, did we want to upgrade to first class? I said, well, yeah, we would love to do that, but we don't have the money for that. She said, no, no. It won't be no charge to you. So a wander, it was a wander. I said, wow, God, all the people, we are over here off in the back, and they, she's walked past all of those others and asked us, came straight to us and said, would you like to be in first class? I said, wow. So if we're going to believe that God proves his word and demonstrates his power through miracle signs and wonders, because here's what the word of God says in, in, in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, it says, and God was working with them with following signs, with these wonders and signs and miracles he did, he was working with them. As we are people of faith declaring God's power and his ability, God, when he manifests himself and does something supernatural, it is an indication that he is validating or verifying his people and what they're doing. So here we are. As we find ourselves in this place, one of the things that you must understand is that God is looking for expectation, that we have expectation of his ability and his power. Here's what the psalmist had to say in Psalm 62, verse number five. He says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. My expectation, my strong belief that there is something God is going to do that he can do, he has the power to do, that my expectation is from him alone. And I've been, I'm convinced that in many cases, we have not necessarily had expectations of God, we've had a wish. I wish God would do it, but there's a difference between hope 
and wish because hope has expectation. Wish is declared, but it may not necessarily be expected. Here's how this works. Uh, have you ever walked past a wishing well? Where, where they want you to throw some coins in and make a wish. Now, did anyone, has anyone walked by one of those? Okay, you haven't, you've never seen one. Are you awake? It's a pond with water flowing out, and it's got coins in it already. That was a wishing well. You got it now? Have you seen one of those? Now we got it. Okay, now here's a question. My next question is, you've seen one, but did you throw anything in? That's my second question. Yeah, you saw one, you saw the coins, you threw something in. My last question is, did you make a wish? Right. As you walked away from throwing your coins in there and making your wish, you hope, you, you, you want something to happen, but you don't have any expectation it's going to happen. But you thought, I'll try it anyway. Faith is not you saying, I wish something happens. Faith is the substance of things I'm hoping for, which has expectation. And the psalmist says, for my expectation is from God. If I'm expecting things from God, then I got to first acknowledge who he is. And who he is is this. He's a great God and he does what? See, if I understand that he's a great God who does great things, then it causes me to have expectation. Because here's what I look at. Great God is who he is. Does great things. Great things is what he does. If he's my great God, then I expect for him to do great things. So once I've acknowledged that he's a great God who does great things, then I must then have expectation of great things. But not a wish, because a wish has nothing that it's basing itself upon. The wish is simply what I wish to happen, but it's not based upon anything. There's nothing that says to me, if I truly throw this quarter in this water, that my wish will come to, come to pass. So it's not based upon things, on anything. But here's the difference between hoping and expecting God is based upon his word. Here's what he says about himself. He said, now unto him who is able. See, when I understand that the one that I'm hoping in is able, then I begin to build my expectation not around my position, but his position. Okay? His position to do what he said he would do. Now unto him who is able, watch, to do, to exceed, and to go beyond. But what did he say? All that I ask or think. Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that in order to see God manifest himself in my life, I've got to get my mind right. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. We don't have faith problems. We got mind problems. Because in our mind, we doubt the, the thing we're asking for. We doubt the one who we're asking of. Watch this now. You leave out here today, and you have a need. And you feel, you, you, so, so you see someone standing at the light who appears to be homeless and asking for someone to help. Would you ask him to help you with your need? You wouldn't, would you? Because there is no basis for an expectation. Because based upon what you can understand, he is not in a position to be able to do what you ask him to do. The, the difference is, if God is making this declaration that I am able to do and exceed, then the question is, 
Will you expect him to do it? Because therein lies the difference. Because here's the challenge that we must wrestle with. Expectations. All that we ask or think. Expectations. Expectations is a strong belief, not a weak one, a strong, a solid belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. God has the ability. We must apply our expectation to the ability. Because therein lies the lack. Because it's in my mind what I expect. And as I begin to expect it, it gets to my heart, becomes the foundation of my faith belief that God is able to do what I'm believing him to do. Expectation. But here's what I've come to understand. If you're writing notes, please put this in your notes. We talk faith and live doubt. The Lord gave me that last night. As I was sitting there meditating on the message, the Lord said, we, 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 we talk faith, but we live doubt. We can sing the songs. We can quote the scriptures. But when the pressure turns out, we fall apart. We, 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 we crumble. In the face of challenge and adversity, we crumble because we talk faith, but we live doubt. Lies full of doubt. Lies doubting and doubting and doubting and, and constantly faced with that. But here's the thing, Pastor, well, okay, then what do I do? If I talk faith and I live doubt, what, what, what can I do? Because you're telling me the problem, but help me with the solution. The, the solution is this. You have to move from taking the word to taking God at his word. See, taking the word is you hearing it and reciting it back. Taking God at his word is this. You may not be able to say the scripture verbatim, but you got the principle, and you got the principle in your heart, and I believe the principle, and I take God at his word. Because here's the thing. When I take God at his word, I say, God, I don't even know how you could figure it, could work it out. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to spend time trying to figure out. So I'm believing God this year to pay off our student loans, to pay off all, any credit, any debt we accumulated, renovating the house. And I'm also believing God to pay the house off. Wait a minute now, wait a second, because we just closed on it. We only made one payment, brother. Josh, we only paid one. Made the first payment. But I'm believing before I make my 12th payment, then I'm going to, that pay, one of those payments is going to be enough to be the last payment. But wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't believe in just a wish. I got to take God at his word. God, you said you are able to exceed and abundantly above all I ask to think. And I'm thinking you can pay this thing off in a year's time. See, talking faith and living it don't necessarily go together. Because when you believe something, guess what it does? You act on it. Yeah. If I were to tell you that, that today at 1 o'clock, that, 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 that uh, uh, what's your favorite, favorite chicken place? KFC? Churches? Churches? Popeyes? If I told you today that at 1 o'clock, Popeyes are going, is going to give away 100 pieces of chicken to everybody that walks in. Guess what's gonna happen at, at, at about five minutes from now? <laughs> Watch this. 
And, and if he really just dogmatic, he's going to fake a, fake a sickness. Ooh. Y'all get y'all coat. <laughs> Why? Because you believe that they're going to give this chicken away, and it causes you to react to what you believe. And all I'm trying to get you to understand is that God is looking for us to act upon what we believe. If you expect God to do big things, expect big things from God. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. But notice it says, according to the power that's working in us. What is working in you? Your faith. The power that's working in you when it comes to God's ability is your faith. But what drowns out the voice of faith? The shouts of doubt. Notice I said the shouts of doubt. Because I can say my faith, and I may say it in a conversational voice, but when doubt speaks to me, it yells at me. That's why I have to take God at his word. I have to spend time digesting and processing the word. See, if you would shut off some things and get in the word and begin to digest the word, you'll find out once it gets into your system, when doubt shouts, faith will shout back at it. Doubt will be yelling, how, how is it going to work out? Faith will say, I don't know, but I know he can do it. Because here's the thing, faith is a breeding ground for miracles. Faith is where I sit. I'm here in faith believing. And I need some things to come together on the grounds of faith in order to produce a miracle. So when I get to the point where I understand that faith is the breeding ground of miracles, then I begin to understand what the writer meant in Hebrews 11 and 6 when he says, but without faith it's impossible to please God because here's what God gets excited about. When you begin to believe and have confidence in his ability, then he knows that there's something getting ready to be produced. Okay, here's how this works. A couple says that they decide, hey, we want to have children. They go talk to the doctor and find out everything's okay. Now, they have been already been together, they've been married, they've already been together. But when they come together now, there's a greater sense of purpose because they are expecting to produce when they come together they're expecting that they will produce something in the coming together faith is the breeding ground for miracles when God's expect God's ability comes and your expectation come together God is pleased because he's getting ready to do something because the God who is able to do, loves to be doing. If you are a doer, you love having something what? To do. And we just read that God is able to do. And here's how I know that he gets excited about your faith and, and, and ready to do. Because it said he gets so excited, he go past what you ask or think. You get ready, you're planning a party for somebody you care for. And all they just say was just cake and punch, be fine. But because you were excited about the planning, you get balloons, streamers, you want to have a special video made, you're going to have some uh, wing dings on the side, you're going to have some, some cocktail wieners on the side. Why? Because you are excited about the doing. It tells me that God gets excited about your faith and he goes beyond what you're asking or thinking because it says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, meaning he goes 
overboard. But it says, because he's pleased. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must first believe first that he's God. And this is, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a wishing well. I'm not down at the curve calling for 7 and 11. No, I'm believing. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not at the table, you know. I'm not pulling my lottery ticket hoping that I can be the one of the ones. I'm believing that there is power in the one who I'm coming to. Because he, he that comes must first believe that he is, but watch this now, that he rewards those who don't give up in seeking him. Can I have a witness here? Josh, would you come? AJ, would you come? Real quick. Young men, they can move fast. Now, AJ, I want you to stand right over here. And so I tell Josh, I say, Josh, AJ has something for you that will change your life. Okay? That's what I'm telling Josh. And I say, now, Josh, just go over and ask him for it. Go ask him. Go ask him. Go ask him. He has it, but just go get him. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Yeah, you got to get close. You got to touch him. You got to touch him. You got to, you got to draw nigh to him because if you draw nigh, he will. You got to get to him. You got to get to him. See, because notice, he's trying to figure out how to get there, and he may not know right off the bat, but he's not just sitting there saying, "I can't make it." He's trying to figure out. Go get him. Get him. Because the Bible says he is a rewarder of those who are diligent in seeking him. I'm not going to give up until I get to him because he has what I need. Thank you, gentlemen. So he rewards me for being diligent. He went right. Something was in the way. He went left. Something, he came straight at me. But he was determined, I'm going to keep on searching until I get away to where I'm going because here's what I come to understand. He has what I need. He is the reward of those who are diligent. You can't say, well, I tried. I tried. If you know God has what will transform your life, why would you stop? Why would you allow it to, to hold you back? Because he says he rewards those who diligently seek. Every time I said, Josh, go, he says, okay. I said, go, Josh. Because he was determined to get to him. Here's what God says. And, and, and it, was, it was a blessing because Josh asked, he says, he says I got to get close to him. I said, yes, you got to draw near to him. Because here's what the word says. If you draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. So I'm just trying to get to you, Jesus, but all this stuff is in my way. But if I'm trying to get to you, you said you would come to me. So I'm drawing nigh to you. You promised to draw nigh to me. So then, if we understand that, then we understand how important faith is. Because faith comes by hearing. See, when you begin to understand how important hearing is, you begin to see how God has set this thing up to get you the faith you need. Question is, your hearing is bad. Hearing is bad. Because when you hear with expectation, there's a difference. Okay. I'm going to sit down and... Uh, trying to a meeting with some people for a care for my dad and trying to figure out what to do. As I'm sitting there, she's going through all the other stuff, you know, uh, it's, a, it's illegal to, to, uh, uh, to forge, and, and you know, if you, if you try to get services and you're not qualified and you lie to get them all. I know I'm not lying, so I'm not listening to that. 
Watch this. See, now, in order to get your father's service, I'm listening with a purpose. Because here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Now what she's saying will impact the future. If God says faith comes by hearing, you've got to be listening with a purpose. Yeah, you may come in and we're talking about this and we've announced this and talked about that. But when God begins to speak regarding power and ability to believe, you've got to listen in. What you say? He's able to do what? Exceeding? Abundantly? Well, well, all I ask to think, I got to get my mind together then. Because what I believe, I react on. So look here, expectation plus ability on the grounds of faith. That's what I just communicated to you. Faith is the foundation that we're standing on. My expectation, I have to take that expectation and marry that with God's ability. You got that? Expectation plus God's ability on the grounds of faith. But look at this. As we go back and look at that word, we must first explore God's ability because he says, now unto him who is able. So there's that word. Able is the root word of ability. I told you that expectation plus ability on the grounds of faith. Expectation plus ability on the grounds of faith. Now unto him who is able, God has the uh, Ability because able is the root word of ability. Ability is the capacity to be able. Ability is the capacity of able. It is the capacity by which able functions. God is able to exceed. God is able to abound over and go beyond. So here's the thing. Then what is God's ability? If he is able to exceed, exceed in what? Able to abound what? So here's, 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 here's God answering for himself. Because see, oftentimes as we, as we find ourselves expecting or believing or needing to trust God in something, the first thing we, we wonder, have I ever seen this done? Jeremiah, turn to Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27. We're going to let God respond, for, to respond to that question himself. I'm almost done. God's ability. Look at this. Here's what God says. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Look what he says. Is there anything too hard for me. So if we're asking God, what are you able to do? His response is, I'm the God of all flesh. You ask yourself, is anything harder, too hard for me? Because when God asks a question to respond to a question, you got to understand he's expecting that you already know the answer. I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything? Too hard for me. Look at this. Look at this, this next one. I shared this with you uh, at, at the New Year's, Eve, uh, New Year's Eve service, and this is one that God has, has declared over us all year long. This is Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight. And God is once again. There's that word, able to make all grace abound towards you. See, the thing is, I've said this and I'll continue to say it until the Lord takes me, to, takes me home, and that is, oftentimes you don't need money, you just need favor. See, we, we are always expected for God to do it financially. If you need a financial need, you don't need necessarily money, you just need favor. Because favor would do what your money couldn't do. God is able 
So let's 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 re, let's 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 reiterate grace with this. God is able to make all favor abound towards you. God is able to make all favor abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. See, here's how this works. If God declares that, you got to say, God, that's your word. You said you're able to make me have what I need when I need it. And not that I had enough or I had some of it, that I had all of it. That you're able to make all grace, all favor abound towards me that have all sufficiency in all things. But notice what he says at the end. Because, see, I, the first part I can only, I can, I can really shout about myself. But he says that you may have an abundance for every good work. That if God blesses you, he wants you to be able to do some work with it. We ask God for healing. God, heal this hip. You know, it's, it's hurting me. Heal this back. But we don't ask for healing that we might do work for him. We just want to be able to stay on, our, stay on the same couch with your feet crossed and just do it without pain. See how that, see, see how that changes? Because God wants for us to be a witness. When he does something in our life, it's that we might be a living witness. Paul says this about us. He says, we are living epistles read of men. What he was trying to help us understand is that some people will never pick up a Bible. And they may never go to a church until they see the living epistle of a man or a woman who God's favor and blessing is with, and they say there must be a God. So the truth of the matter is, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you have all sufficiency in all things. See, when you, when you come to a position where you're lacking, while you're on your way, you gotta, you gotta speak God's word. Say, God, I'm going down here, and I... I your word says that you're able to make all grace abound towards me, to have all sufficiency in all things. But your word also says in Psalms 25 that, Lord, I'm trusting in you. Let me not be ashamed. It'll be a shame for me to go down here and this thing falls apart like this. Let me help you understand something. A few years ago when we were buying our house on the west side, we were... We were in a position where we, and I've told this testimony before, but I'll tell it again for those who haven't heard it, and I remind you because sometimes you'll hear something multiple times to really get it. We were in a position where we were supposed to sell our house, the house we were living in, sell it that morning, and close on the house and buy it that afternoon. When we got the final report of what we needed to bring to closing, it was gonna take up all the money except for $1,000 or so, uh, about $1,500 or so of what we had to, to sell the house. So then at that point, we're thinking, oh, my goodness, should we still close on selling the house in the morning? Because once we sell it in the morning, technically, we don't own it anymore. We're homeless. So as we're wrestling with that, we said, God, you know, I, I, I have a lot of family. I could, we could possibly uh, put our stuff in storage and kind of, you know, maybe some of us stay one place and another stay somewhere else. I said, but I just don't believe that that's a good witness for us. I don't believe that that's a good testimony for us that we, because we've done everything we're supposed to do. We didn't have any idea that they want to charge us so much to close on the house. We've done everything we're supposed to do. So God, I just believe we're supposed to, we're supposed to still close. So my wife said, what do you want to do? I said, tell them we're going to close. We're going to sell it. Now watch this. We, sold, we closed. We walked out, by the way, out of the closing. And the lady said this to us. She says, you guys have another closing this afternoon. We just said, well, it, you have a good day. We don't want to lie. But we believe in God. This house is going to close before we're in a position where we have to move. Right as we leave, the, the gentleman who bought the house said that he, he didn't have, we didn't have to be out until Saturday. But we had to absolutely be out Saturday because we had the carpet cleaned, and he wanted to leave Sunday for it to dry, and he was going to move in on Monday. So we walk out, we're driving. I said, God, we don't have a home. 
and we're going to believe you that you're going to work it out. This is Monday. Monday, Monday morning. Monday afternoon, the realtor calls me. She says, um, she says, you know, um, how did the closing go? I said, well, we sold it. She says, but um, I said, well, right now we're, 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 we're trying to figure out how we're going to get to the, the next closing. Can you push it back, push it back to Friday? So she says, oh, by the way, I meant to tell you that um, I owe you guys $625 because of when I put the information in, I didn't do it right. And so in the long run, it's going to cost you that much. So I'm just going to give you that. That close is okay. All right. She calls back Tuesday. She says, the realtor from the house you guys are buying called me. And what, she, what he's saying is kind of strange. He, she says that the seller, when he listed the property, he thought it was already on city sewer. So when he listed it, he felt like he was deceiving you all because it's still on a septic system. So what he did was he went downtown and found out that city sewer is going to be coming through that neighborhood within the next year and that the average cost to connect is going to be $5,000. I said, okay. She says, and he's going to give you the $5,000. Favor? We didn't have no money. And here's how it worked. We still didn't have it because here's, he said, he's going to give it to you at closing. Oh, well, we got to get the closing. We didn't fall apart and say, oh, God. Why are you teasing us like this? God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you have all sufficiency in all things. And then my wife said, Did, didn't um, one of the brothers had just said, he, then we, were, we were trying to get the clothes, he says, now I've got $2,500, but I, I need it, so I can't let you have it. But if you just needed to get the closing, I can let you just have it until you close, so I can just give it right back. So you mean to tell me we're getting ready to close with your money and his money, and we ain't got no money. Because God is able to make grace abound towards you. What you need is grace resting on your life. Now, let me say this. This passage of Scripture, if you, if you, if you got your Bible, but you slide up to verse 7 in that passage, you'll find out how that grace is going to abound. Because we can take the good, but we want to also understand with all that getting to get what? That verse, verse 8, is notice it's verse number 8. So there's a 7 and there's a, nine, there's a 10, a 9 behind it. It didn't just pull itself out of the scriptures. Somebody there? Read it out loud. And let each one. Let each one give from his heart, as he has purposed in his heart, go on, not with a grudge, not out of necessity, oh, I better get God his, or oh, it's off time, off time, oh, here they go again, I'm gonna offer. That, ain't, that ain't enough, grudgingly, because what does he say? For God loves a cheerful giver. And then it says, and God is able. See, if we can get our heart right about the things of God, we'll find out grace would abound towards us. You say, Pastor, you declared that and ain't no grace. I, I, I already failed five or six times just in this beginning of the year. Do you give cheerfully? Well, first, do you give it all? And then do you give cheerfully when you do give? I'll never forget this. Years ago, as a kid, and, I, and it stuck with me because I, I, knew, I, knew, I guess God knew that I would be a pastor one day, but I'll never forget this. A young lady, years ago, in, in the church I grew up in, came up and put a, a $5 offering in. But before doing that, she tore it. 
said, what kind of devil <laughs> spoke that over you? You should have just kept that. Why would you mess with God like that? Tore the five and put it in. I guess she's going to say, y'all put it together. I don't know what she said, but I, I don't say that. That's, 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 that's not giving it cheerfully, is it? So the thing is, God is trying to manifest his power. But oftentimes, we put a counteraction to his action. The action of giving, you counter that with grudging, mad, complaining, or walking around telling, testifying to people that you, you, that you, 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 you can't pay your bills because you give your tithe. That's the devil. Yeah, you know, I'm ready to put out, but I did give my tithe. That, what, what, the butt? What is the butt in? The butt, but, I, but, but. So, 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 so you're telling me that, that but for your tithe, you might still be in your place. No. Pastor Studders, he fixes it up. He says, he says, debt is doing everything but tithing. D-E-B-T, debt. But the, tr- the, qu- the question is, Will we trust God? Because you say, well, God, Pastor, I thought you were talking about healing miracles and signs. Do you realize it takes faith and trust in God to see him manifest himself? And where do we struggle the most when it comes to trusting God? In giving. Who, Pastor, I want to give. I just, whew. Look at this. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. The same God who saved us. He says, the God of our salvation loads us with, he's already saved me, but he's still coming back every day and putting blessings on me. This same Jesus, thank you mother, this same Jesus who died for you is the same Jesus who daily loads you with benefits. What are the benefits of the believer? Here's the benefit of the believer. Healing, deliverance, Miracles, signs, and wonders are the children's bread. Let me, let me explain this. If you would, just give me a couple moments here. When the, the Seraphonician woman came, she came to Jesus and she said, Jesus, my Lord, my, Lord my, my, my daughter is sick unto death. Jesus ignored her. If you don't know the story, Jesus ignored her. She kept on crying out to him. Then when he kept ignoring her, she came and fell down at his feet and started worshiping. And then Jesus gave her the ultimate pushback. He, he says, he says, shall I give the children's bread to a dog? The woman said, listen, Lord, even the dog eat the crumbs off the master's table. She said, I got to get what I need from you, and I ain't turning back until you bless me. But here's what Jesus says, woman, I've not seen this kind of faith. But here's what I want to focus on. Jesus says, What she was asking for was healing and deliverance for her daughter. Jesus says, that is the children's bread. Now, if you're a theologian, you might argue, but well, he's talking about the children of Israel because she was was an Israelite, she was a Seraphonician woman. Okay, thank you for that because you brought me over to Galatians chapter 5 because here's what, what Paul said. Paul said, those who believe like Abraham are sons and daughters of Abraham, which means that because I believe God like Abraham believed God, I become a child or one of the children as well, so the bread belongs to me too. That's why I can preach boldly about miracles, signs and wonders, healing and deliverance, because it is the children's bread. It belongs to you. Close to you. But you got to expect belongs to you. So look at this. Lamentation says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Whatever happens in our life, it, it, it doesn't consume us because of God gives us mercy. Because his compassion, they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. What's new every morning? His mercy. The mercy that keeps us from being consumed. The mercy that we receive by his grace. Grace is what 
is the agent of mercy because it brings mercy to us. Mercy brings the grace to us. Grace is how God provides for us when we don't deserve it. Got it? So look at this. If this is what God is doing and how he's positioned himself in the lives of his children, then we must understand this. Going back to the, the, the little uh, graphic I showed you, your expectation plus God's ability on the grounds of faith will equal miracle signs and wonders. Your, your expectation meeting God's ability on the basis of, it's not a wish, it is my confidence in God's ability. So look at this again. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. The first thing I want you to know from that is that's why it's bold in bold print. Ask and think both speak of expectation. That you've got to, if you ask for something, you expect for, for a response, right? You think it, in order to ask, you've got to first think it to ask it. The thinking and the asking tie themselves together, all of which comes through an expectation. So now look, ask is expectation, think is expectation. So if ask or think are both expectation, then we got to go back to the foundation that God gave us several months ago when we started this whole process, this journey. Remember the word to your servant upon which you've caused me to what? Hope. See, as I'm teaching you this on miracles, signs, and wonders, this is the word that you got to call God back into remembrance of. Remember your word to me, Lord. You taught me, you're teaching me to believe you for miracles, signs, and wonders. And watch this, because pastor keeps teaching you, because you keep, keep giving it to him by the Holy Spirit, you are causing me to hope in it. Remember the word unto your servant upon which you've caused me to hope. Verse 50 says, this is my comfort in my affliction that you gave me a word. See, it comforts me to know that I got a word. When I don't have what I need, I got a word. And God is no shorter than his word, so causing me to hope. Hope is also expectation. Remember the word unto your servant upon which you caused me to hope, because here's what hope. You remember the definition of expectation. Look at the definition of hope. Hope is a feeling of expectation. Oh, my goodness. A feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Remember the word unto me, O oh God, that's causing me to hope and believe and trust. Because here's what you're telling me. Now faith is the substance of things that I'm hoping for. But right now I'm believing with evidence because I have faith. The evidence of things that are not seen, I already have it, believing that it is so because your word says it is. So now, would you do this with me? Stand to your feet. On the screen, there, there's a, a short phrase. And I want you to get this in your spirit today. And I want you to make this declaration to the Lord. I'm going to guide it and give you a countdown to, to, to do it. But I want you to make it a declaration of your heart unto the Lord. It's simply put, you are a great God and you do great things. You are a great God who does great things. See, because the R is definitive. I'm not saying you could be. I'm determining right now you are great. And I'm determining right now that you do do great things. I'm not wondering can you do it. I'm not wishing you do it. i declaring you are and you do. Both of which are definitive. On the count of three, with the exuberance and joy of believing and expectation, of great expectation of a great God who does great things, I want you to declare you are a God, a great God, and you do great things.
Amen? On the count of three, with exuberance, with joy, with expectation, you are a great God who does great things. One, two, three. Did you feel that? Did you feel you saying that? One more time. On the count of three. One, two, three. You are a great God who does great things. Yes, I feel it. One more time. We're going to seal it this time. We're going to seal it this time. The count of three. One, two, three. Three. Now give God a great praise in declaration that you are a great God and I declare you do great things and I've got some great things that I need you to do in my life and I'm going to believe you God to be able to do them to exceedingly abundant above all I ask or think according to the power working in me. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for your word and for your people. With a joyous and exuberant declaration, we declare you are great and you do great things. And God, with great expectation, we believe that you would not have shown us, you would not draw us into this place of confidence and assurance and expectation if you didn't have the ability. Father, you do. We embrace your power and your ability. In Jesus' name.